Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name's Chad Ratliff, and I'm your host. And today we are with Dina Farmer, who will excite you because it excited me so much. And I know my audience, and I know you're going to love to hear from a certified autism travel professional. And those of you who have kids with special needs, you know how cool this is. She helps families with autism navigate the unique challenges that arise during travel, and her goal is to create unforgettable autism-friendly vacations. If that isn't the coolest thing you heard today, I don't know what is, and she wants you to be able to travel the world and spend precious time with your family, and she wants to spend precious time with her family. Welcome to the show, Dina. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for being here. So you're calling in from Colorado. Colorado. Yet. Before you moved to Florida. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. You have two children? I do. I have two little boys, a 10-year-old. He just turned 10 and five. Oh my God, four. (laughs) 10 and four. Yeah, 10 and four. (laughs) So, um, and your 10-year-old's on the spectrum. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. When was he diagnosed? He was diagnosed at eight years old. I don't know if I could speak on it, but I just feel like sometimes in the military healthcare system, it can be a little bit hard to get that diagnosis. So it was a very long journey to get him finally, well, to get someone to finally listen to me. (laughs) And that's challenging. Yeah, it was really challenging. We're initially in Arizona and that's where I kind of had some and that's my four-year-old, if you can hear him. Awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> we had some challenges in Arizona, but like the pediatrician just kept kind of brushing me off. And then we got orders to Hawaii and it was the same thing. Of like, oh no, he's fine. He's going to grow out of it. And then finally we moved here to um, Colorado and I just said, I really need someone to listen to me. And finally a developmental pediatrician heard me and said, yes. He is on the spectrum. And it was just like, oh, I'm not crazy. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's so heavy. It was a lot. It was a lot. And I know that we were talking just a little bit before this <laughs> and how I was just a little bit worried with my youngest son, too. But I think I'm going to wait till we move to Florida because we don't have that much time left in Colorado to maybe get him evaluated. But I'm going to watch him. <laughs> we'll see. When did you notice that something might be different with your 10-year-old? Signs that maybe something was different? I think as early as two, there was definitely some signs. Like he, the biggest signs were the cars. Like he would line up all of his cars in a perfect row with like perfectly, like everything was in the right order of like from tallest to shortest cars. I had a friend that she has a a child um, that's non-speaking And she just kept saying, like, he's just really unique. You should maybe, you know, talk to a doctor about it. 
And the other big sign was my son is still pacing, but he was much bigger pacer when he was younger and he could go for hours just pacing back and forth. And I was like, I wish that someone would listen to me. I don't know if this is like, I don't, I don't want to say typical, but a typical behavior. Like he's just pacing and pacing and pacing. And everybody said, no, he's fine. He's fine. But there were just some really jarring, like those were the two biggest signs. And there was other little things like walking took a really long time and language was slower to develop. Then his brother um, is kind of why I'm kind of like, I don't know. I don't think he is on the spectrum, but yeah, <laughs> just took I- for all the medical professionals that are listening to the show, whatever emoji is shows screaming people, <laughs> please like accept that from me. Like scream, 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 scream. Can somebody please tell the medical profession that it's okay to work with us on keeping it real with what's going on with our kids? Right. Because making us feel like we're absolutely losing our mind is not going to help us be better parents. It's not going to help our children. It doesn't help us in any way to make us believe that they're going to grow out of it. And we just sit around waiting year after year, day after day, hour after hour, waiting for this thing to happen. That doesn't happen to anybody that comes on the show. Mm-hmm. It's I'm true. So, sorry. so you had to carry the, the flag for six years before somebody said, you can put down your crazy hat. <laughs> yeah. Heavy. It was a, heavy. Yeah. I mean, you're <laughs> laughing because that's all we can do. But it's not. I mean, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It is heavy. You're absolutely right. It's, it wasn't It wasn't something that I'd want anybody to experience, you know, like, yes. especially coming in the future, like for with other autistic kids, like I'd want a medical professional to listen the first time, not... <laughs> Six yeah. years down the road, for sure. I know. For can sure. we get a waiver or something that we can fill out that says you're allowed to talk to us and keep it real? Right. We're not going to do whatever it is that you're worried about, which has you telling us that it's just delayed, even though what to expect when you're expecting is like 14 years ahead <laughs> of where we're at, just waiting for our delay to be over. Right. Uh, <laughs> like, can we graduate to the next the next volume of what to expect. We're st- I would love anyway, that. <laughs> I'm making fun of a, of a heavy topic because it just comes up so much. I don't, I want to support our community of parents. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's one area that where we need support is in the beginning so that we can get off and running so that we can get tools and resources and do our job. Right. I agree. You know, be questioning our sanity while we're sleep deprived, while all the other things that are tough about parenting. And oh, by the way, you're, you might be crazy too. Um, (laughs) So after all those years, so you had a friend that, that kind of um, said, maybe you need to look into this. You're seeing some signs. You finally reached out, you got the diagnosis. How did you take that? I mean, what did it feel like once you got the diagnosis? A relief. Because okay. I thought I was nuts for a really long time. I, was, I mean, I really did. And then, you know, there's people around me that are saying they've seen signs with him. And I was just like, oh, I'm so glad that someone has finally listened to me. Because it just feels like, you know, when people... Like, I know that there's that trigger word of like gaslighting where people are telling you... Th- otherwise. And it was just like, I just felt 
when I finally heard those words, I said, okay, it doesn't change my son. He's still the same exact person. The only thing it does is make me feel a lot less crazy. And now that I have this diagnosis, I can get him the support because he really needed like support with speech and he really needed support with OT. And it was like, okay, let's just do this. And, you know, I'll be the opposite of a soccer mom. I'm taking him to therapy and we're sitting there together. And it was just like, <sighs> I'm so glad that I heard this finally. It was really crazy making. I'm not going to lie. Like it really yeah. was. Yeah. What aha moments did you have throughout this process? Um, what did a bad day look like for you? Like take us in a day in the life of Dina farmer and family. <laughs> I'm sorry. My son is asking for a flashlight and I don't think I have one down here in there. I'm not sure where daddy put it. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Chat. Oh yeah. You don't have to be sorry. That's the show is named. <laughs> that is the name. Very reason. <laughs> um, if this doesn't, if this isn't real, I don't know what is. I know, right? <laughs> Where's the flashlight? I know. I don't know. You have a flashlight in every room. I do, and I can't, I can't believe it. What kind of parent of a special needs child doesn't have a flashlight in every room? <laughs> I know. It's in here somewhere. I just don't know where it's at. <laughs> oh so my goodness. Funny. Um. Gosh. You know, uh, I'm not gonna lie. My my oldest. Well, both of them were really easy like easygoing kids. Most days it was like, it's just generally questions and feeding his special interests. So lots of like questions after question, after question, after question, after question, especially with, he really loves space and the weather. And we, <laughs> we talk about both topics all day long. Space with video weather. games. Mm -hmm. Yes. Those are his big things. I feel like, you know, I don't want to like minimize my situation, but I know we're talking about how I do travel and stuff like that. And I felt like at home where he was safe and in our neighborhood is generally less. I don't experience meltdowns as much as I would on the road, you know, okay. because this is his routine. He's used to like, I get up at this time every day. We have breakfast at this time. Like I get to do my schoolwork and then we do video game time because he loves video games and then he'll go off to therapy and then come home. And then, you know, it's easy peasy. It's just when we transition out of something that isn't in his every day is when things are really hard. So, and that was another big sign of that. I knew that he possibly had autism was we took a big trip to Walt Disney world. And this is a big change. Like you're changing from Colorado to Florida in spring. So it's cold in Colorado and it's warm in Florida. And he didn't like the way his shorts felt and he didn't like wearing his ball cap. And there was so many people at Walt Disney world. And it was just like this big ball of uncomfortableness. And he couldn't articulate to me like what was going on. And I felt like really horrible because he just started crying. And it was like, I know some kids throw themselves on the floor or, you know, they just like start screaming. He was just like, bawling like somebody punched him in the stomach and it was just like i've never seen him cry like that before so it was really um interesting but since that trip and the work we've done with his ot and um, his speech therapist it's been amazing to see how he's been able to advocate for himself so when he's uncomfortable in situations like that he can tell me like hey i don't want to be here anymore and i'm like perfect i don't care how much money we spent we're out of here 
Like, right. Right. yeah, because it's not worth it. It's not worth right. it to make him uncomfortable. I want him to be happy on a trip. And why? I know. Where is the flashlight? Why make him dislike something just for my benefit? You know? Yeah. I don't want to do that to him. <laughs> Right. So, yeah. A really great example is like we went to Santa Fe and there's this um, art installation called Meow Wolf there. And it's a very sensory, like cool place that you can go. And there's three in the country now. And um, my youngest son who's right next to me right now. Totally loved it. He could have stayed there all day long, like just going inside of a dryer and like walking through a refrigerator. Like he just loved it. But my oldest son had a two hour window. And at the end of the two hours, he finally said to me, mom, I'm ready to go. And I was like, okay, we don't have to stay here. There's no reason to stay here. We can go to the pool if you want the hotel or, you know, go get, (laughs) I don't know, some pizza, whatever you want to do. And we just found my husband and my youngest son and we left. And there was no reason to be like, I, you know, I spend all this money. I have to do this. It's like, no, he had his fun. I had my fun and that's good enough. I think we could, um, I don't know if it'd be better to make it like like a comedy or something deep in psychological, <laughs> you know, evaluation. But like if we could get people with their Disney stories together, I mean, Disneyland might be responsible <laughs> for my divorce. I mean, oh, no. it, it was the most expensive disaster <laughs> of, of my life as a parent. Right. <laughs> and I mean... It looked like I was abusing my kids. I, we were on the golf cart, like trying to haul ass to like the parking lot to get out. And they're trying <laughs> to jump off the golf cart. I'm laying on one of them, holding <laughs> one down with the other. They're screaming bloody murder. Oh. And then we finally get to the car and I'm like, let's just get out of here. <laughs> we like peel out of the drive, the parking lot garage, right into wall to wall traffic with like five hours to go to get home. And oh then they gosh. start throwing up from all the junk food <laughs> they ate and one triggered the other one. And my ex was like, see what you did? Like, <laughs> it was a disaster. It can be. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah, <laughs> it can so be a real mess. It can, I, you know, and that's the, cause we're, you know, we're talking about this. It can totally be a very big mess, but I wish that I had known about Disney's disability pass like their disability access service before I had gone because that would have made our trip like so much better than it was. And I didn't know that until I became a travel advisor. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, there's these services out here that nobody's talking about, you know, that it's just like, gosh, if I had known that, then I could have taken advantage of it, you know, and it would have made my life so much easier. And like, if I had known about the quiet areas in the parks or all these other things that like, I feel like, in the travel and tourism industry, they just do not share it. At they don't. All. I mean, can you tell us a little bit about like some tips to know about Disneyland? If, if you want to go like what you're saying that there's like a special pass you can get. Yep. And then there's also a similar one at universal studios. So if you're a universal studios person, there's that, they have a similar program, but it's, so I can't book it for you as a travel advisor, but it is complimentary and it's for any, disability that needs extra support. And what you would do is um, after you've purchased your tickets, you go into the parks and you go to guest services and they, but I know they're changing it. So um, there's a new system coming. (laughs) Um, It just hasn't started yet. And I don't know if it's going to start by the time this podcast 
episode airs. But anyway, you'll just explain the needs that you have. You don't have to um, divulge what the disability is, just saying like, um, but you'll just tell them what you need. So like my son can't wait in lines very long. So they will help us by giving us return times for rides. So we're not physically waiting in line. We'll be virtually waiting in line. Hey, do you want to play with the lights here? Oops, sorry. This is perfect. I typically, like I try to do it when my oldest son is in therapy and then this one's napping, but he didn't take a nap today. I know. Yeah. <laughs> what else is there? There's, there's so that you program. You basic, and you ask them and th I mean, that's huge right there. If you can, if you don't have to wait in line, I mean, that's right. That's a huge thing right in and of itself. So tell us, talk a little bit about how you got into um, your line of work. Um, obviously there's a huge need for it. How did it start for you? What, what did, how did with the diagnosis? <laughs> okay. I entered the travel and tourism, like as my, I opened my travel agency before my son was diagnosed and then you're looking at him. Then I, um, when he was diagnosed, that's when I decided that I was going to pivot my business. Cause I started looking for trips for myself. Um, and I couldn't, find anything that would actually support us. I also have asked other travel advisors and a lot of them didn't really have information for me. And I said, okay, well, if they don't have it, maybe I can find it. And it's taken a lot of research, but I've over the past year and a half, I've been finding there's so many things out there, but the problem is, is again, that the travel and tourism operators aren't announcing that they have these programs. So yes, it's on a really teeny tiny spot on their website that's like, oh, we have this autism program, but we don't talk about it. Yeah. Or, you know, oh, we have this, this pass for a certain theme park, but we don't really give you, you know, any examples of like, this is the things that will have that you'll encounter on the ride. These are the sensory things. Like there's not really a whole lot of people screaming from the rooftops like we are autism accepting rather than like autism aware. And there are industry like there are places like beaches that's got their like over 80% of their staff trained. There's aquariums all over the country that has some kind of autism program. There's hotels that have programs like they, they'll give you lanyards for your child um, to identify that they have autism. I know they do a really terrible job oops, <laughs> of sharing it. They really do. How do we find out about, is there a place to search for things like that? Or do yes. people call you and, and you just start running off ideas <laughs> or how, what does that look like? So there's this website called autismtravel.com and they have um, a whole list of, okay. They have a whole list of suppliers that will, that are certified through the IBCCS. I'm so sorry. No, don't worry at all. Okay, I'm going to stand up. I don't know where it's at. It was right there and now it's gone. Um, but the place that I'm certified through is called the International Board of Educa uh, Continuing Education and Credentials. And they have a whole list of theme parks, hospitals, aquariums, children's museums that are all certified through them to go beyond autism aware um, and to go to acceptance. So like beaches, all the beaches that resorts are certified through them. 
So they have all the staff at the kids club have at least some sort of training with autism so that you can feel comfortable putting your kid in the kids club and not have to worry about somebody calling you saying that your child's having a meltdown because they can help support you while you're on vacation. And then there's like, it's just so much, like, it's a lot, but like, so I would start with the, one of those websites first. And then if you find that you need more support, like that's absolutely why I opened my business so that I could remove all of that stress of looking up that kind of stuff. Cause I can do it for you. Just tell me, Hey, I want to go to, I'm just pulling something out of thin air, like the Maldives. And then I can like book a all inclusive for you there. And then coupled that with, I work with a respite care provider that has like sitters all over the world and oh, she cool. can like <laughs> send those sitters to go to the family and help support the family while they're on vacation. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's that's been true. a crazy journey these past 18 months, but I've learned a lot and I, I'm only one voice, but <laughs> I, I wish that the tourism travel and tourism industry would just be a little bit more open, I guess, with how they support people with disabilities. Cause they're, they're not doing a very good job, in my humble opinion. But we're getting there. We're getting there. Well, and you're helping that along by, you know, promoting the places that do. And when people start seeing money come in from, that'll mean something to them. And yeah. that's awesome. So uh, I'm, I'm glad you took the plunge. Before we end our discussion, we'll want to put in the show notes the best way that somebody can get a hold of you just so that somebody can follow up for more details, but that's yeah. so cool that you did. So can I ask you a little bit about your significant other? How was their journey uh, through pre-diagnosis, diagnosis, and post? It's been hard for him, I think, because, you know, I feel like we, as parents, we have a certain idea, you know, of what our children are going to be like. And then and then it's not what, you know, we envision it's going to be like. And I think it was harder for him to take the diagnosis than it was for me because I I don't want to say I'll unconditionally love my child, but I'll love him no matter what, you know. Um, you know, if you punch me in the face, <laughs> like every single day, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. But like, <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like, I'll still love him regardless of the diagnosis. And I think just with my husband, it just, it was a hurdle for him to get over. But now that he's accepted that this is the child that I was handed, he's been a lot more open about it and accepting with it. It just, you know, it just took him a little while to handle the whole situation. But, you know, he's working full time. He's in the military. So like I do most of the driving and taking care of all the appointments and all that <laughs> fun stuff on top of my, my business. Yeah. I feel like it's, I mean, it's just in my conversations, in my own experience, it's just harder for us. Yeah. For some reason, I, I think the picture we have is a little more firm on what it was supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. I was a sports guy. So when I like realized it wasn't going to be sports and like <laughs> taking the next generation through, right. you know, hopefully live the things that I did, you know, exceed my, uh, where I went to. It was hard for me to see something else. Yeah. So I don't know if, if and maybe oh, he feels that way. Hang in there you with know. him. Hang in there for us. Yeah. Right. Come around slowly. <laughs> yeah. He's getting there. He's getting there. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's tough for everybody, but it's, uh, it is. 
what's something you're excited about in your your son's future? What's something you're looking forward to? Hold on one second. Right, do your thing. So, hey, listeners, how cool is that to have someone who's focused on where we can travel anywhere in the world that's going to meet the needs of our family? Because if you're anything like me, that I was just talking to our listeners about how cool uh, your profession is. Oh, thank you. Send me information on how people can get a hold of you. Okay. And then then we'll set up a time down the road because I want to stay in touch anyway because we're building a a family, a bigger international community. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that would be really awesome. Sorry. (laughs) We're supposed to relieve stress for one another, not increase it. So let's relieve the stress of this show. (laughs) Send me an email on how people can get a hold of you. And I'm going to follow up with you to see how things are going in Florida. Okay. Okay, that would be odd, yeah, because like these next couple of months are going to be insane. Great. Oh I look forward to hearing how you settle in in six months or so. We'll try and touch base. Okay. Uh, thank send me you. The best way to get a hold of you, and thank you so much for jumping on today. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right, have a great day. <laughs> Bye, you. guys. Bye. This concludes our show for today, and I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes And we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long.